You guys, welcome to episode 63 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives into well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of, well, sure, you guessed it, and I'm proud of you. Look at my girl go. Reality TV stars. It's me, Troy McEady. How's it going? Good to hear it. Glad to hear from you. Um, you guys, we made it. <laughs> we made we made it to the end of our Britney saga. I'm a little exhausted by it, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was really excited to get to this part of it where it ends, uh, because there's just so much, like, upsetting and dark content, and sometimes, like, when I go back and listen to this, or listen to old episodes, like, the really dark ones are obviously fun. It's fun, it's weirdly fun to talk about dark things from the past in, like, a retrospective view from the future, whatever. Um... But it's also just, like, sometimes I feel like the Grim Reaper being like, then this person died. Then they had an OD. Then they lost their kids. Then they did this. Then they were abused by the press. Then their husband abused them. And then this. And then that. It's just, like, very, uh, you know. (laughs) I think that next week's gonna be one of those weeks where we gotta do something light, fun. We gotta get our pet back. You know what I mean? Stella's gotta get her groove back. You know what I mean? I'm, like, this has me in such a fucking dark place. But obviously, I've enjoyed it. It's felt very uh, cathartic and therapeutic to let this all out, as we spoke about last week. And um, like I said, we're going to be wrapping it up today. We're going to be finishing our Brittany and Kevin saga. Um, and yeah, we've got some real, some real, you know, iconic moments to talk about this week. Some real, um, you know, when I was going back and like doing research for this specific episode... There were so many things to talk about. Like, I couldn't, like, leave off not talking about the 2007 VMAs. You know what I mean? Or things like that that are, like, so prominent in this uh, in this whole situation. And I mentioned last week that the hardest thing about doing this is that every single day in Britney's life during this time felt like an episode of True Life. I mean, truly, it was like a documentary every single day. So, um... Yeah, um, today we really touch on a lot of milestone events. Um, Some of the biggest milestones, I think, to come of this whole situation. Uh, You know, this third part is where things really sort of come to a head and explode. um, And where we see Britney's life, you know, go from its lowest of lows to its highest of highs. And we've got a lot to to cover. I'm excited. I've got my, uh, what is this? iodized ionized hydration water i'm drinking water that has a a bunch of alleged shit in it like electrolytes and stuff because your boy maybe had a wee tiny just teensy eensy weensy eensy bit too much wine last night and i'm feeling very like i don't know i don't like getting wine i don't like wine drunk like i just i can't anymore like 21 year old me loved uh you know, just drinking straight from the bottle. Well, you know, college and all that. Uh, <laughs> um, I used to love being wine drunk, and uh, it would just, I mean, like, I never realized that wine turned me into, like, a true slack-jawed yokel. Like, you know what I mean? Just a real, like, cartoon drunk. You know what I mean? Where you're, like, carrying around, like, a, a, a glass bottle with, like, three X's on it, like, burping up literal bubbles. I can't. And last night, my friend wanted to drink wine, and we started drinking wine, and your boy got to talking too much and sharing too much and getting too emotional. It's just, you know, I, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. 
But um, I've, so I've got some uh, some electrolyte water here. Um, allegedly, the Kardashians drink this water, so you know what I mean. Maybe when I stand up, I'll have a, a tiny, tiny waist, giant lips, a big, huge, round ass, a perfectly sawed forehead line. You know, a hairline that is truly just lasered for the gods. Uh, a contour for filth. Maybe I'll stand up and look like a Kardashian after this electrolyte water. Or I'll wake up and still be wearing this um, truly ketchup-stained white Hanes t-shirt and basketball shorts that I'm wearing right now. My secret, uh, as, as they say in Sex in the City, my secret single behavior. So, Brittany entered August of 2007 with one of those, like, you know, pesky fender benders that she used to get into or whatever. Do you remember those? When she would, uh, you know, get into a car, hit another car, run over people's feet, knock off her mirror, you know, just fender benders or whatnot. Um, while she was being followed by the paparazzi, she hit a parked car, um, which probably wouldn't have been a big deal had she not fled the scene. And also, well, your girl didn't have a license. We've all been there, though. Um, it was reported that she could spend six months in jail and be fined up to $1,000. And on September 9th, Britney performed um, on this award show. It's kind of like, a, again, like an underground, um, a real sort of like, you, you got to find it on VHS. Like if you're lucky enough to get to some sort of thrift store or uh, garage sale that has old VHS tapes, you may be able to find access to this uh, this award show called the VMAs. It's uh, it's a production put on by MTV and um, in 2007, Britney performed, um, again, a performance you probably haven't seen very underground, sort of a, a rare performance. Not many people have seen it or talked about it. Um, once it was negotiated that Britney would be performing at the 2007 Video Music Awards, 10 days before the actual award show, MTV's representatives, Jive Records, uh, the executives there and her team all got together to watch our girl rehearse. Because at this point, Britney is just like running fucking haywire all over LA. She's uh, smoking like a goddamn sailor. She's out of shape. She's living off of fast food. She doesn't sleep. So they're wondering how the hell is this girl going to look on stage? Up to this point, she hasn't performed. During this whole time, Britney hasn't performed. Her music career was completely on hold. Um, initially, what they witnessed excited everyone in the room. Uh, she wasn't, you know, at her best, uh, but she was also not just sort of going through the motions. She, you know, she seemed to really be feeling it, um, and they felt like with enough rehearsal and, and you know, enough uh, preparation, maybe some time to sober up, she could you know, be granted the opportunity to revive her career, which, you know, during a, a period in her life where she has pretty much almost lost custody of her children, she's addicted to drugs, you know, she's running all over LA, like, literally driving on the wrong side of traffic on the sides of cliffs, uh, her children are rolling around all over the trunk of her car, the, you know, the first thing we need to, um, to focus on is that career, we gotta get that in check and get those checks going out. So, you know, the boys said, well, let's get her back on that stage. Get the cattle prods out, boys, and let's make a quick buck. So, well, they were meeting regularly throughout the week to make sure Britney was on track and on board and camera ready. You know what I mean? Kiss it, Smoochie. They wanted her to be ready. 
And uh, they were all astonished by how quickly she was able to turn things around. You know, your girl, no matter what, she's got that show pony, show horse uh, spirit. And she picked up the choreography with no issue. Um, the decided plan was that Britney would attend the um, the pre-VMA party at the Hard Rock Hotel and then go to bed. Because she had a big day the next day. She was going to be opening the VMAs live. Um, instead, she contacted her cousin, Allie Sims, and, uh, well, they got the group together and they fucking went ham. They partied at Beatles Bar, Jet Nightclub, and, uh, the Mirage in Las Vegas until 4 a.m. And then around 4.30 or 5, they attended a hotel party, um, and it was obvious to everybody surrounding her, um... You know, that Britney had essentially... I mean, she was drinking, like, fucking, I don't know, like, David Hasselhoff right before he bites into a delicious, juicy burger. You know what I mean? Like, truly, your girl was like a fish. She was drinking all night long. She was fucking hammered. Um, and the team was obviously worried that she, you know, wouldn't be able to go out on stage. Um, they came to the consensus that, you know... She had practiced enough that she should be able to possibly just kind of uh, make it through the routine without needing any assistance. Uh, they they really put all of their cards like it, wait, what's the saying? They put all their cards in her basket. In a, her card, their the cards were in a row. You guys know the old adage. Um, Brittany slept until noon while her team and all of the executives just panicked. Uh, walking around, pacing around the hotel, knocking on her door. Uh, she told Ali Sims not to let anyone near her or come to her room. Um, the MTV executives had uh, been, you know, they had been by her side for the past few weeks, watching her rehearse, going to rehearsals with her every day, um, you know, training with her, uh, going over her um, choreography with her. I mean, they were really like doing everything in their power to make sure she went out there and succeeded. Um, <laughs> you guys, this is so... This is great. If you don't know this story behind what happened at the VMAs backstage, I mean, seriously... Oh, man. Buckle up. Truly buckle up. You're, you're probably driving, so, like, legitimately... Put on your seatbelt. You know what I mean? I care about you. Um, okay, so she's up to noon. They're all freaking out. She told Allie to keep everybody away from her room. And backstage, Brittany and a few of her backup dancers decided to take some shots, right? They were like, let's take some shots of tequila because she was nervous. So she got um, even more nervous at a certain point because Justin Timberlake decided to uh, <laughs> fucking slither his curly-headed ass up again, up to her door and knock on it to, quote, wish her luck. Um, so that freaked her out, and everybody was like, oh my god, like, Justin's here, and they were all nervous that she was gonna talk to him and not wanna go out. Um, she refused to go to the door, so she wouldn't, she wouldn't greet him. And, um, one of her backup dancers, uh, actually gave an exclusive at the time, and he said, he said, Brittany is somebody who wanted to be loved, not used, not treated like a robot. Not there for everyone else to make money, and not for working all the time. She's never known what it was like to make her own choices, and she doesn't know what it's like to make smart choices. It was inevitable that she was going to reach that fuck you, fuck it limit. The great sadness is that she reached it in the run 
in the run-up of this big moment. Uh, but people need to understand that she wasn't, it wasn't one moment. It was the accumulation of many events that led to this, to this night. And it's true. Brittany, I mean, I, I like I've, I've said many times during this three part trilogy or whatever the fuck you want to call it, that she was in full on self-sabotage mode. Like she was like, I want to go out there and ruin everything that I've built because I just don't want it anymore. Like I want to burn the whole fucking thing down. Let's just burn it down. You know what I mean? It's it's not working. It's flawed. Let's burn it down and restart. Um, now, as you may or may not know, some of you, I'm sure you do. Some of you probably not. It's fine. An integral part of this evening was Jessica and Ashley Simpson's loyal steed. Is it Ken Paves or Ken Pavis? I've called him Ken Pavis for my entire life. But then I hear people, I, I've heard people call him Ken Paves. Is it Kim Pavis? I guess we'll never know. So, <laughs> he had been awarded the task of creating this wig for Britney's performance that night. Uh, this was a huge deal considering the world, you know, was still sort of reeling from her head shaving moment. And uh, her hair up to this point hadn't really recovered. And... There was this sort of consensus or like this general idea for the public that once Britney had her hair back and she was able to flip it, and this is one of my favorite things, the true inventor of hairography, because it was, we had found um, the truth and God had spoke to us and told us that as long as Britney has her hair and as long as she can flip her hair, the ability to dance and sparkle and kiss it smoochy on stage will come back. And I love that. I love that we were in a mental place in 2007 where we thought that that was all it took. Like, we were so fucking naive, you guys. And that was what people thought. They were like, God, if if, if somebody can just get, get to her head and fix that fucking weave, you know what I mean? Just give her a good, a good pair of, a, a, just a, a satchel of clip-ins, you know what I mean? Just anything. She'll, she'll get up there and she'll kill it. Like, it was all it took was a, a, a blowout, and then all, her entire life would be fine. Um, so, Brittany goes into full on panic mode and she starts acting out, especially because Justin had just knocked on the door. So, she's now in full on, like, diva um, peak of a drug addiction, freaking out mode. Um, she started like, ridiculing everybody around her. She was kicking people out of the room. And as Ken walked towards her with these handcrafted bundles of hair in his hands that he was about to place upon her skull, uh, she screamed at his assistant and told her to get him out of the room, that she didn't like him, she didn't want him near her. Mind you, he she didn't know him. <laughs> um, and he had done nothing but, like, slave over these hair extensions to, like, bring us back our girl. Um, so she asked the bodyguard to eject him from the room and they physically picked up Ken and removed his body from her dressing room. They threw him out, like basically on the floor. Um, so yeah, and I mean, there were people like sources who claimed that they had heard him screaming. Um, people who were like working behind the scenes at the time walked by and saw Ken beating on the door and screaming that he had never been so insulted in his life. He was crying. I mean, like, can you think of anything more um, humiliating than to be? I mean, he's a little guy. To you know, he's got like a little Keith Urban thing going on. Could you imagine 
being lifted up physically by a group of people after somebody has just said, like, I don't like him, and being thrown out of a room after you've slayed and you're there for a job. He was being paid to be there. Terrifying. Um, so at this point, the executives are freaking the fuck out. Her team is trying to calm them down. They're all trying to contact Ken, but he won't answer his phone. He's now upstairs in his room pouting, truly. Uh, Brittany, up to this point, doesn't realize what she's really done. She's bald. Like, her hair was truly centimeters long. And she just kicked out the only person in a room who knew how to do hair right before she's about to go live on MTV in, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> so they're all now... Now she's freaking out and panicking and telling them to call him, but he won't answer his phone. So somehow, out of the blue, Nelly Furtado's stylist fucking morphs out of a, a cloud in the room. And, like, literally, truly walks out of a, a, a spinning bookshelf and is like, I can do hair. So Nelly Furtado's assistant rescue like is there to save the day. The only problem is that they don't have hair extensions because Ken took them outside. They kicked him out. And he had them with him. He didn't leave them. He fucking handcrafted those bundles, girl. So now they need weave. And this is a group of people in a dressing room with Nelly Furtado's assistant there, like, literally slapping her gloves on and, like, being like, you need to bring me some hair. Like, we need weave. Where do we get it? So the team found the keys to the hotel salon. They broke into the hotel salon and they essentially stole a bundle of white fucking hair extensions from like a drawer so that would explain why britney's hair looked like you know courtney sodden's during this performance <laughs> because they found some fucking cheap ass bundle of hair from somebody's like cabinet in the hard rock salon so after gluing these extensions into her hair to the best of her ability Nellie's stylist essentially saved the day. At this point, Brittany was to go get changed into this custom-made Trish Summerfill one-piece that was waiting for her. This, like, diamond-encrusted, you know, shape shapewear, like, suck you in, cinch the waist, snatched for the gods bodysuit that was custom-made for her body. So Ali Sims assures everybody, like, I'll take her into her room. We'll get her ready as fast as possible. I just don't want anybody else speaking to her at the moment because, you know, at this time, Ali Sims is, uh, she's very well versed in, um, a, a, a drug induced Britney Spears, um, freak out. So she's like, nobody come in. I'll handle it. The show is, are you guys sweating by the way? Cause I'm sweating. Like I wrote these notes and I've, I've studied this shit and I'm still fucking on edge. So the show is set to go live in 30 minutes. <laughs> I could be so dramatic right now. People are tapping their pencil, pencils on the table. Feet are tapping against the carpet. The red hard rock car ca casino carpet. <laughs> the hard rock car casino carpet. They're going nuts. It's 30 minutes until showtime. Brittany is locked in her room and refusing to come out. The music executives are standing outside the door, beating on the door, begging for her to come out. Seven minutes now until showtime. Are you guys dying? Have you already swerved off the road? I'm sorry. Are you pulled over? I mean, honestly, seven minutes until showtime. 
She emerges from her dressing room wearing, well, you know, fishnets, black boots with a rhinestone heel, a bra and panty set, and she's very visibly bloated from the night before. Your girl's been drunk since a few hours ago. You know, she stayed up until 6 a.m. and ordered room service. So she's like like about to go perform with the only things in her stomach are alcohol and like probably a burger and fries. Um, and they had decided it would be best for Brittany to go back in the room and change. The only problem was that they didn't have time for her to go back in the room and change. They were livid. They were like, why the fuck is she wearing that? The executives were like, you need to go back and change. And then MTV was like, no, she can't go back and change because we need to go live in three minutes. And this is going to be a fucking disaster. So everybody literally satchel your wigs to your scalp. Because this is, I mean, we're, we're about to end this girl's career. The executives also stated that they could tell Britney wasn't sober. Her eyes were glazed over. Um, she wasn't in... She was looking through people. They were all trying to talk to her and sort of snap fingers in her face and slap her cheeks and get her ready to go. Your girl was fucking drunk. Like, she was gone. Um, and if you recall, also, Sarah Silverman had made a joke that night about how Britney, um, how Britney's two children were, like, perfect little mistakes or something. So she was reeling from that. She was super pissed off that she had heard the opening joke of the show was about her kids. Um... Also, Chris Angel was supposed to release some fucking doves into the crowd or something. He was going to do some magic trick where she appeared on one side of the room and then she appeared on the other and they were going to fucking tightrope or whatever. And then he backed out at the last minute. So what they were left with was some very shoddy choreography, a girl who is not sober, um, not in the best shape. By the way, not fact. We're going to talk about in a second. I mean, can we talk? Not in the best shape of her life. Like, you know, she she can't move, really. Her heel broke. She's got hair glued onto her scalp that looks like it came from a My Little Pony. Um, it's a disaster, and you guys know that. You know, there's a video of Britney rehearsing the night before on YouTube. And, you know, it's not Britney at her best, obviously. But it was definitely much better than what we got to see on television. Um... There's also photos from that night of Britney out with P. Diddy and Dallas Austin. And uh, it was reported that, you know, Diddy was trying to get her to go up to her room because they all knew in the club that night that Britney was opening the show. Uh, and that, you know, she was scheduled to perform in, oh, you know, three fucking hours. So he was trying to get her to go back upstairs and go to sleep. She wouldn't do it because she wanted to have sex with Dallas Austin. You know, a disaster. By the way, can I just give you a really quick rundown of where I was that night? Because for me, it's like, um, you know how on September 11th, like, we all know where we were. We all remember, like, what we were doing and what the, you know, the temperature was and all those things. I remember this like it was yesterday. I was in college. I was living with my friends at the time. We were, like, just truly poor. The definition of poor. Like, Celine Dion poor. Shout out to my friend Russ Martin. You know what that means. Socks in the oven before school poor. And we, our cable was out because we hadn't paid the bill. So, you know, I was freaking out and I was like, I have to watch this show live. Like, I can't like wait to go home to my mom's DVR version. I've got to watch this right now. So we walked up the street to our friend's house and they, um, 
the show was like maybe 30 minutes in uh, by the time we got there. So they had to stop it and rewind it for us. And they were all, you know, my best friend Amanda and I at the time, like we were like really, really intense Britney fans, like hardcore together. Like that's, that's our thing. We both live and die for Britney together. It's been our thing, our whole friendship. And when we walked into the house, you could see the looks on people's faces. Like they were almost afraid for us to be there. They were afraid to to um, show us the ring on television and ruin our lives. And we walked in so excited. You know, this is like pre-Twitter. So I wasn't, I, it's not like minute by minute I was following people and their little quips about what the show was like. Like I was walking in like, yes, where's the popcorn? Like <laughs> pass me the Michelob Ultra and let's get this party started. And they were all just like, you know, it's not good. Like, you know, we just wanted to like let you guys know this is it's it's really bad. Like, this is a really it's not gonna be a good night. And I was like, yeah, 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 blah blah blah, pui pui. You guys don't know anything about Britney Spears and what she's capable of, and let me be the judge. And I'll never. I mean, I had to watch the, the I had to watch with these like a room full of like straight men. First of all, like a bunch of douchebags that were like, she sucks, she's fat. And truly, like, the Freddy Krueger almost came out. I wanted to gut every single person in the room. Um, and it was the most vulnerable and exposed I've probably ever felt in my life. Everybody was staring at me, watched the screen, because they knew. And, uh, you know, I was watching my girl throw her career down the drain on, on live television. Um, on top of that, I mean, it was hard to watch, not only because of Britney, because, but because the camera started, like, trolling and, you know, they were, like, zooming in on people's faces. I'll never forget them zooming in on uh, Chris Brown and Rihanna. You know, Rihanna was, like, literally pointing and laughing at her. Um, it, like, truly, like, Carrie covered in pig, pig blood style. They're all gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. I mean, truly, Britney's, like, Carrie's, warn Carrie's mom's warnings were, they were right. There were no lies detected. They, they're all going to laugh at you, truly. Um, and this was also our, our very first official Bad Britney performance. This was the very first one. It was like, I mean, truly, the whole world can remember where they were the day that Britney performed poorly for the first time. And, you know, unfortunately, it was on maybe the largest scale possible. You know, this wasn't like a random show in fucking Boise, Idaho, or a late night talk show appearance or whatever. This was live on the Video Music Awards, a show that Britney herself helped set the bar for and was responsible for so many milestones in her career. Um, you know, the VMAs inadvertently became this sort of like, I don't know, it's like a table of contents almost for where Britney was at her you know, in her career at that moment and whatever year she performed, even up until recently. And, uh, you know, in 2007, no, it was painful to watch. It was no exception. It perfectly, I mean, if you start from 1999 and you work yourself up to 20s, what was it, 16? That's Britney's career in a nutshell. And those performances on the Video Music Awards. I mean, truly. And... You know, this, yeah, this was no different. This is where she was. She wasn't sober. You know what I mean? She, she was, uh, it was a mess. You know what I mean? Um, the press obviously went crazy in reference to this performance. Um, if they weren't talking about how terrible her dancing was or how bad the lip syncing was, it was mostly discussions about her body. Again, this is, you know, pre everybody being woke 
and understanding of mental health and addiction and all these things. Um, so, you know, for us to see this very clearly inebriated pop star on the brink of death, sort of stagger around on stage like a true corpse, glazed over eyes, you know, our immediate reaction was to critique her abs not being what they were previously and make fun of her. Uh, and an ABC News article from 2007 called Why Was Britney So Bad? <laughs> the article said, Kicking off the Las Vegas show with her new single, Gimme More, Spears appeared to be acting out of classic nightmare out of a wait out of the classic nightmare of arriving at a party and re- realizing you're naked while people point and laugh at you she seemed to sleepwalk through her routine flailing arms <laughs> flailing her arms and failing to sink her lips with the subpar dance ditty blasting through the speakers <laughs> her sequin bra panty costume confirmed that like her former pop star magnetism those abs of yore are now just a memory and you know that some fat fuck wrote that, right? You know that some man with, like, like me right now, truly with, like, ketchup stains going down his shirt and, like, a real doll trapped in his fucking attic somewhere that he, you know what I mean? Like, a true nightmare man wrote that for sure. Uh, like, those abs we used to love are gone, fellas. Um, the night of the VMAs, Kevin threw a birthday party for their kids um, a few days later, a Los Angeles judge ordered Brittany to do random drug testing evaluations. So she was ordered to attend counseling and parenting classes. Uh, Kevin was also ordered to attend parenting classes as well. And during this period, Brittany had also uh, she swapped lawyers a bunch of times. Uh, she parted with her management company, which was a huge deal. Um, she was also charged with two misdemeanors. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, you'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.